0: Hi, and welcome to Rock and Roll Rabbit Holes, the show where we pick a point in rock history and follow it through all the twists and turns of time and genre and end up somewhere completely and surprisingly different. In this episode, we focus on a band that is arguably the coolest band ever. The band the cool bands adore and cover The Foo Fighters, Melissa Etheridge, Pearl Jam, Velvet Revolver, Metallica, Grateful Dead, even Miley Cyrus. The show starts in 1966 in swinging London, where an up-and-coming R&B cover band has just decided to drop the sound from the end of their name. They are now known as The Pink Floyd, consisting of school friends Roger Waters, Richard Wright, Nick Mason and Roger Keith Barrett, better known as Sid. From 1967, this is See Emily Play.
1: Emily tries but misunderstands. the crowd
0: That is See Emily Play from a 1967 version of Pink Floyd. By early 67, the band were impressing the local underground music set and quickly became popular through their shows at clubs such as The Marquis and The Countdown Club. They were experimenting with their style and had started inserting long instrumentals into their songs, more of which were original Barrett compositions. On top of this, they would incorporate vivid and inventive light shows while they played, usually coloured oil caught between two slides projected onto themselves and screens behind them. This combination possibly secured the Pink Floyd the satisfaction of having the first ever psychedelic stage show. Perfect for the up-and-coming acid-drenched summer of love. By early 67, the band had been signed to EMI and the song Arnold Lane was recorded in January ultimately being banned by several radio stations for the overt references to transvestites. By this time, the, the, was dropped from the band's name and they simply became Pink Floyd, named after two of Barrett's favourite blues singers. They were also obliged to record their first album at EMI's Abbey Road Studios, which at the time wasn't a bad thing, as this was where the Beatles had been making hit records for the last seven years. EMI had also given them a bit of a rough record deal, and after thinking about it, the company wasn't even sure what sort of music they expected of the band, so they gave the members free reign within their studios. It's been noted that Barrett started ramping up his LSD intake during the recording of the debut, and this may have contributed to him being more nonchalant to suggestions from his bandmates and the record producer, Norm Smith. Norm Smith was the engineer for almost 100 Beatles songs in total. John Lennon bestowed upon Smith the nickname Normal because he was never panicked by anything that happened in the studio. Lennon did it as a humorous reference to Smith's unhurried, unflappable and amiable nature. Here's a taste of Smith's work with the Beatles in my life from Rubber Soul. There are
3: places I remember...
0: There's In My Life from Rubber Soul, engineered by Norm Smith, who's working now with Pink Floyd in 1967. So Sid Barrett is a little unpredictable because of his LSD usage. The drug definitely contributed to the overall feel of the record, with it consisting of more echo and reverb on the vocals and the rambling edge to some songs. On one particularly memorable day, Pink Floyd were invited into the studio next door, where the Beatles were recording. The song was Lovely Rita and the band were too overawed and humbled to even interact with the Fab Four. To rock and roll rabbit holes. The album Piper at the Gates of Dawn, a quote from The Wind in the Willows by Graham Greene, was released in August of 67. It garnered rave reviews and even Paul McCartney rated it. The band kept playing their psychedelic shows and the people were in love with Barrett. Sid, however, was starting to deteriorate and his behaviour was becoming erratic. One famous story is Sid being so out of it that he just stood on stage staring, guitar hanging around his neck while his bandmates played on around him. Enter David Gilmour as support for recording and gigging. He was still a member of Joker's Wild. Gilmore's parents encouraged their son's love of music, and in 54, he bought his first single, Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock. From there, his enthusiasm grew when he heard Elvis Presley's Heartbreak Hotel, and when he heard Bye Bye Love by the Everly Brothers, he decided he wanted to play the guitar. Bye bye
4: love, bye. my baby, do you step in? Goodbye from romance, and that might have been Bye bye, love. Bye bye, happiness. Hello, loneliness. I think I'm a gonna cry. Bye bye, love. Hello, emptiness I feel like I could die Bye-bye, my love, goodbye I'm through with romance I'm through with love I'm through with counting The stars above And there's the reason That I'm so free My loving baby Is
0: that is goodbye, the everly brothers and bye-bye love. love as soon as piper at the gates of dawn was completed pink floyd started working on their sophomore album saucer full of secrets again at emi's studios on abbey road this time things didn't go so smooth barrett's input was falling so each band member contributed a few songs and after recording several of them Two of which were supposed to be issued as a single, Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun and Scream Thy Last Scream. However, this was canned at the last minute by the record company. On November 1, 1967, Pink Floyd left Britain for an eight day mini tour of America to launch their album. They were third on the billing at their first show in San Francisco to Richie Havens and Big Brother and the Holding Company, featuring Janice Joplin on lead vocals. I'm cold. Dennis Joplin, up front of Big Brother and the Holding Company for Peace of My Heart. Though the first show in San Francisco went okay, Sid was deteriorating with his hedonism of California rock and roll. To start with, he forgot to bring his guitar on tour. Shows had to be cancelled due to Barrett's increasingly deteriorating behaviour. And at the Venice Beach gig, Sid was so wasted, he stood on stage with his right hand hanging limply by his side, unable to sing a note. They attempted to do some TV appearances, but Sid was quickly aggravating the record label bosses with his unpredictability and the risks on live TV. On their return to the UK at the end of 67, the band decided to pull in David Gilmore, an old school friend of Waters and Barrett, full time. He had also busked around Europe with Barrett playing covers of Beatles songs in the early 60s. At the time, Gilmore was playing in Joker's Wild with two of his best friends, Willie Wilson and Rick Wills. After Joker's Wild broke up, Wills went on to play bass for Peter Frampton, Roxy Music and Foreigner.
2: I've got to take a little time A little time to think things over I better read between the lines In case I need it when I'm old. Now this mountain I must climb Left hide It looks like love is fine
0: Let's head back to Pink Floyd. It was decided that Barrett, although becoming more eccentric by the day, would be allowed to remain a member to write songs and record, while Gilmore would be brought in to assist with guitar and touring, a la Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys kind of thing. For a week and a half in January of 68, Pink Floyd, for the first and last time, were officially a five piece. During this time they played a few gigs and continued recording a saucer full of secrets. Barrett didn't bother showing up to most of these sessions and this, as well as his behaviour at the gigs, would be the reason that the rest of the band, on their way to a show in Southampton University, decided not to even bother picking him up. The album would be completed without him, and completed it was, with only one original Barrett composition, and Pink Floyd was once again a four-piece. 1968 that is let there be more light the sound of Pink Floyd was evolving by 1970 Pink Floyd had released three more albums without Sid while all these albums at the time of their release were seen as the band moving forward and were enjoyed by fans the reviews were average and even in retrospect the members of the band have said they are possibly the weakest points of their careers in the 1980s Waters even said he wouldn't play atom heart mother live for a million pounds Barrett hadn't been idle since being booted from Floyd The band's original management, who had departed along with him, had prompted him to record a few songs in 1968. However, these sessions hadn't gone well. Barrett had walked out or wrapped up the sessions, broken up with his girlfriend and decided to go on a road trip around Britain, and then ultimately ending up in psychiatric care. After a six-month rest, he got in touch with EMI, and they put him in touch with Malcolm Jones, who put him back in the studio. EMI were happy to see what songs the former member of Pink Floyd had come up with. Members of Soft Machine and Gilmore's old bandmate Willie Wilson were brought in to help on the album, and several of the tracks for what would ultimately be called the Mad Cap Laughs were recorded, with all the eccentricities of an eccentric in the studio, including a rule that Barrett could not be left alone at the controls and a day spent putting the sound of a motorbike on one song and then having the idea canned at the last minute. Sid heard that Pink Floyd were holidaying in Ibiza, and he decided to follow them out there to their surprise. It was here that he asked Gilmore and Waters to help him finish the album, which they happily agreed to do. And Malcolm Jones was more than happy to have other people in the studio to control Sid. Here is Sid with Here I Go from that album. This is a story about
1: a girl that I knew. She didn't like my songs, and that made me feel blue. She said a big band is far better than you. She don't rock and roll. She don't like it, she don't do the stroll Well, she don't do it right Well, everything's wrong and my patience was gone When I woke one morning and remembered this song kind catch catchy I hope that she will talk to me now And even allow me to hold her hand And forget that old band I strolled around to her pad Her light was off and that's bad Her sister said that my girl was gone But come inside, boy And play, play, play me a song I said, yeah, here I go, she's kind of cute, don't you know that after a while of seeing her smile, I knew we could make it, make it in style. She and I are in love with a greed. She likes this song and mine, others too. So now you see, my world is. Because it is June. What a boon this June! I tell you soon we'll be lying in bed happily wed and I won't think of that girl or what she said.
0: That is Here I Go from Sid Barrett. Not unlike the Piper... Leading Saucerful into the studio, Gilmour wanted Barrett to get back in the studio as soon as Madcap was released. So in January of 1970, Gilmore convened Barrett, Richard Wright and humble pie drummer Jerry Shirley. They were all back in Abbey Road and they began Sid's second solo recording effort. These recordings were more polished and were designed to give him more structure in a more condensed amount of time that was found in its predecessor. However, this didn't stop Sid from telling the musicians to stop playing so dark and be more afternoonish and the like. The album, simply titled Barrett, wouldn't rate so highly as Madcap. However, it still highlighted the singer's ability to create quick and easy songs that focused on wordplay, full of what Gilmore would call Barrettness. This would be the last album of original songs released in Sid's lifetime. Here is Sid Barrett and Baby Lemon.
1: Reach to the post, make, make your up. name like a ghost.
0: Is baby Lemonade from Sid Barrett. During the making of Barrett, Sid was dropping into Pink Floyd's recording of Atom Heart Mother to listen to what the band was up to, and it wasn't much. They had grown stagnant and only appealed to themselves and the Heavily stoned. They were lost with no idea of what direction they were taking. This quandary would be resolved during the making of 1971's Metal and 1972's Obscured by Clouds. Metal was a professional experiment that succeeded. Not one band member knew what the other one was doing, and yet the songs came together in a cohesive and enjoyable way. Gilmore was finding his songwriting legs with songs like A Pillow of Winds and Fearless. And then there was One of These Days, the opener of the album, and a song that was full of bass and threatening aura. If Doctor Who was a villain, this would be the theme song. Here's Pink Floyd One of These Days.
5: We follow the white rabbit through time and genre.